This is the Average Guy Network, and you have found Home Gadget Geeks show number 250, recorded on February 25th, 2016. Here on Home Gadget Geeks, we cover all the favorites like Gadget Tech News, reviews, product updates, and conversation, all for the average tech guy. I'm your host, Jim Collison, broadcasting live from the AverageGuy.tv studios here in a actually very beautiful Bellevue, Nebraska. We just continue, like I said all the time, if this is global warming, I'm all for it, because usually this time of the year in Nebraska, not the best weather. And of course, we post the show with world-class show notes each week out at TheAverageGuy.tv. Don't forget, you can also join us live on our new mobile app. Oh, it's hardly new. We've been doing it for about six months now. You can get easy access to the subscribe button at buttons out for both Android and iOS out at our site, Home Gadget Geeks, all one word, HomeGadgetGeeks.com, and we'd love to have you subscribe in that way. Of course, Home Gadget Geeks is the part of the Geeks Network. Find the links to this show and many other great podcasts out at the Geeks Network, all one word, TheGeeksNetwork.com. All right. We are in and live, uh, and I uh, appreciate you guys coming back for show number 250. And uh, we want to bring uh, let me let me introduce everybody, and then we'll kick it over to Mike here because we got to get a, we got to get caught up on his current medical condition. But first, joining us back a- after surgery, ready to go, uh, Mike Weir. Mike, how are you? Oh, I feel it feels so good to be back behind a microphone. Let me tell you, that's the one thing I've missed in these two weeks is just been not being able to podcast, not being able to record, and so it feels good. Yeah, little you you admitted you were a little slow on the draw uh, because of the pain meds. So we'll yeah, catch it, a little slack. Yeah, it's not there. an internet lag. If you notice anything, the pain meds. I feel like I'm living life on about a three to five second delay, which makes uh, school uh, very interesting. Class is a lot more entertaining when you're on pain meds. So it's there's some yeah. perks there. But yeah, it's it's a little interesting. Well, I'm glad you're doing well. We'll come back to you here in just a second. And then back for his annual visit to Home Gadget Geeks, it's always good to have Chris Barnes on here from the end user. Chris, welcome back. Hey, it's been a little more than a year this time because I was flaky on email. So, <laughs> Well, we, for, tried to, uh, we always try to get you in January, and I right. think both of us were pretty busy, and it, it just didn't work out that way. We did. I did see you early, in early February. I got a chance to come out to the Washington, D.C. area. Yeah, that was a great time. For a beer and what's the name of that uh, the the tap house? Is that uh, where we met? Yes, it was. You're close, but that's not quite it. Okay. Uh, I don't know. I'd have to look it up. I it's okay. Now. <laughs> not not very far uh, from where I was staying, and it was nice to kind of get outside of my circle. You, that was a new place for me, and uh, I got outside of my circle of restaurants there in the D.C. area. Good to spend some time with you. Uh, enjoyed it. So thanks for doing that. Yeah, no problem. Uh, that that place is fantastic, uh, and it's good to see you in person. That was the first time I had seen you in person. So, <laughs> isn't that funny? We've I've had you on a couple times, and we've yeah. known each other for a couple years, off and on 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 the shows. And yet, uh, it's it's that that first time in person, that three dimensional, kind of like, oh, that's what you really look like. So <laughs> it's, uh, it's always good to have you. So thanks for meeting me uh, when we were in D.C. We've tried that a couple times. And just haven't been able to pull it off, and yeah, so we just happened to be the first time it worked out. So yeah, thanks for doing that. Well, hang tight, Chris, for one second. We've got some tech stuff to cover. I want to come back to Mike Weger, and we don't always spend a lot of time talking about personal stuff, but when a host goes down, you gotta kind of <laughs> you gotta. And there's a little, probably a little bit of tech that went on here. So Mike, give us the scoop. Give us the quick scoop. How in the hell did you break your ankle uh, yeah. on the trampoline? 
Well, uh, some college buddies and I decided, you know, to take a break from our traditional, you know, Saturday night routine. We're like, hey, you know what? Sounds fun. Let's go jump on some trampolines. Uh, so there's a place called Sky Zone here, which is basically an entire warehouse, and the entire floor is like trampolines, and they have trampolines on the walls. You can like run, jump off, and stuff like that. So, of course, when you're with old friends, you're trying to all outdo each other, and so we were trying to do tricks, and apparently, like a turnaround 360 backflip off the sidewall is not as easy as it looks and one foot landed on the they have like these strips that run through the middle um, that are padding and not trampoline one foot landed on that and one went on the trampoline and the one went on the trampoline buckled and I dislocated it broke three bones and tore all the ligaments around the ankle with one fell swoop so it was a <laughs> it was it was good it, the funny part was that the entire place is managed by like 18, 19 year old, so they had no idea what to do. Uh, but luckily, I was with a med student um, friend of mine who's also a paramedic, and so he he's like, "Hey, give a medic bag," and they brought him over like some band aids and stuff like that. He's like, "No, that, that's that's not going to work for this injury." So he grabs an ace bandage and a and a Valentino's pizza box and uh, made a makeshift splint uh, just enough to get me to the ER, which the ER doc was actually very impressed with. He's like, "This is actually a really high quality splint," and uh, I was like, "Hey, all thanks to this guy." So this is actually a high quality. Splint. Splint. Yeah, he said it was actually one of the best he's seen, like a little makeshift splint uh, that That's someone's hilarious. ever made. So it was it was good. So yeah, did that. Um, went to the ER that night, and they put me under to reset it because they said this is going to hurt a lot. So they reset it, uh, and then went into the surgeon the next day, and he said we need to wait for the swelling to go down. So waited a few days, and then had surgery on it. They put in one plate and ten bolts uh, all up my leg because I broke my actual leg kind of in the middle, actually near the middle, um, and then also the ankle stuff. So they screwed it all together. That was last week and just been recovering ever since. <laughs> it's been kind of a wild, wild ride. This is only the second time I've ever broke a bone. And coincidentally, it's been with the same friend both times. So I don't know what that says about him. Maybe you should d d dump him as a friend. Yeah, every time he says, try <laughs> this, maybe I should stop trying it. So. Well, did he say, hold my beer and watch? Or did you yeah, say, hold right. my yeah, beer and watch? Yeah, right. Everyone has it? asked, hey, were you drinking while you did it? I went to law school, and the secretary of the law school asked, so were you drinking when you did it? Like she's, And I was like, why does everyone keep asking? No, we weren't, actually. Oh, we were, uh, thank, thank goodness, actually, because that would have caused some problems in the ER if I had been. So Yeah. No, I, I had the same thing happen years ago. I was walking on some ice and I slipped and my foot turned and my body kind of didn't. And then I went down on it and a spiral fracture up the bone. And they put a plate and six screws in it and I ran five marathons on it. So they did a really nice job of putting my leg back together. And, and you'll be feel fine. good. <laughs> yeah, you'll be fine. The, 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 they're so good at that now. And, and uh, you know, you'll feel it when it gets cold. And sometimes when the pressure changes quickly, I get, I get some achiness in, in the bones. Yeah. But uh, I am old, too. You're young. So. <laughs> well, and, and that's what the surgeon said. He said, because I'm, I'm young, it should be okay. Uh, a funny little tech side to this, though. Someone in the chat room asked what Hannah said. So Hannah, actually, I was supposed to be driving for Lyft this evening. She was out of town. She was in Minnesota and uh, not with me, and she thought I was driving for Lyft. So she calls and texts me probably right around the time I broke it. I don't respond for about two hours. And so she starts to get a little worried. So she uses Find My iPhone and notices that I'm at the hospital. And so she's out of town. I'm not answering my phone calls, and my phone says I'm at the hospital. And so she immediately calls me again, and luckily I, I would just fill out the paperwork to the ER. I have some time, so I answer, and, and she is just, like, assuming the worst, that I got in a car accident with Lyft and stuff like that. So um, she was 
pleased to hear that at least it was just an ankle and nothing worse. Uh, but that was the Find My iPhone thing. It can, it's, it's a good thing, but it can cause some undue uh, worry sometimes, which is kind of funny there. Yeah, no, that would be... I mean, think about the technology that allows that to actually happen. Right. You know, where they can, tr- they can kind of track you down by location. And I would be freaking out. Like if... That if I was trying to find Sarah and her phone showed up at the ER, you know, then you're like, oh, great. Right. And uh, the good news is she does PT, right? I mean, she's okay. Yeah, she's occupational therapist. So it's been fantastic having her. She's uh, helped me. I mean, all the ways that you can like get into a shower, get around. I had no clue there was so many like there's like science behind this on how how the easy ways to do it and the best ways to do it. So she's been helping me out there. She she brought home some of the shower wipes for the days that I don't want to take a full shower. It's like these wipes that you can wipe all down with. It's kind of nice for that. So she's been just awesome. And then the doctor said it'll be nice having her for after I get this boot or this cast off. She can help with the rehab of the foot, getting it back to work and getting the ankle going again. So it'll be it'll be nice having her for rehab. Save some money maybe. From going into the hospital. Yeah, yeah, no, it's it's. I didn't do rehab on mine. He was like, you can get, you can get, you know, therapy if you want, but basically move your ankle around, you'll be fine. And I, I, <laughs> I, I, have, I have a secret. I've been walking on it for like three weeks with the cast. Oh jeez. <laughs> and so it was pretty much already rehabbed, you know. But uh, did you get some? Uh, did you get some gear? I mean, it used to just be crutches. What do right. you, what kind of gear well, do you get? So that's what it started out with. From the night of the ER until the surgery, I was on I was on crutches. And they were fine. And I, I had used crutches the first time I broke my leg as a freshman in college. But, uh, oh, man, they just start to hurt and everything. So the nurse calls me the day before the surgery. She's running me through all the stuff, how it's happening. And if I you know, have any questions about how the whole procedure is going to go. And she says, hey, by the way, you need to get a scooter. And I, I had heard about it. Hannah had suggested it. My mom had heard about it. Um, but it's basically just a regular little scooter. I have it here, and just you have space for one knee. So you plant one knee, the leg that's broken, and then you can scoot around. I am like 10 times faster on this thing than I am normally. It's And for getting around law school, work, um, and everything, it's... It's like the most, I would pay like a million dollars for this thing right now. It's the best and just saves your armpits and your arms from uh, yeah, all the soreness. It. Oh, yeah. They are super <laughs> expensive. So you end up renting it from like yeah, cool here. Yeah. yeah, I was going to say you're, gonna, you're, you're probably renting it. Yep. So I'll have this thing for six to eight weeks because uh, that's how long it's non-weight bearing. And then after that we'll be, uh, hopefully I'll be in time, up in time to walk for graduation. That's the entire goal. Yeah, uh, you should be fine. Uh, yep. What are they anticipating? How many weeks in the cast, and then do well, they have to pull anything out when they're done? He, uh, there's one screw that he put in that he said might come out in about five months. But uh, in this, I'm in a hard cast now, and he's actually taking me out of that next Friday because I'm going on vacation. I'm actually going on a ski trip. It's not going to be much skiing for me. But uh, uh, drink wine in the lodge, my ex- friend. Exactly. So he wanted in me in a boot for that because of the elevation, how much it's going to expand and stuff, and then I can at least take it off. So they're going to take the stitches out, put me in the boot, but still no weight bearing for six to eight. Uh. So. But I'll be able to take it off and uh, take a shower without having to worry about getting it wet, yeah. which will be the best part. We were talking about pain meds in the pre-show, yeah. and at least stay on those pain meds until after they take the stitches out. That oh really? That's good to know. Oh my gosh! Well, they had to adjust my foot. He wanted it in a certain, you know, in a certain. It had it had, it had slid a little bit down in the cast, and so when they after the surgical cast, they put it in the cast I'd have for the next eight weeks, and he. He's like, okay, this is gonna hurt really bad. Just clinch. And I was like, and oh my god, I I cried. It hurts so bad. And so keep the pain meds around. Stay yeah. ahead on those pain meds. Yep, I'm it's, gonna save some of them. Maybe do some extra ones before that uh, meeting next, or before that appointment next Friday. Yeah. Chris, have you uh, have you done any kind of damage like that to yourself <laughs> in the past, or is this all yeah, new territory? Um, so I've I've yet to break a bone. 
so I've got that going for me. But I tore my ACL twice in high school. Well, I was about yeah, because you were kind of an athlete, right? You played. Yeah, I was yeah. a soccer player right. and uh, played for I don't know three teams, including the high school team. And yeah, so I tore my ACL uh, playing indoor soccer during the winter time, mm. and rehabbed from that. And then about a year later, I tore the same one again. And um, that surgery was pretty brutal, <laughs> yeah. I gotta say. Uh, yeah. I, I did, I was curious, because uh, I, I kind of took that m moment and talked to the doctor and got the like gruesome details about what exactly they were doing to my knee when they went in there with the scope to uh, replace, yeah. replace my ACL. And, you know, I don't know if I'll go into the full description here on the air, but uh, I thought it was really interesting, you know, the amount of technology that we have to fix something like that is just totally incredible, and what they're able to do with that stuff is just mind-boggling, and I'm pretty sure that procedure's been around for a long time to fix an ACL, but uh, um, it just blew my mind what they're able crazy? to do. Yeah. yeah, and they're so good at it. I mean, it used to be that would put you out, and now they can repair it in 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 you know three months. Have you kind of back moving again fairly well, and the the rehab has gotten pretty good. When I had my surgery, he actually they <laughs> it's funny as they were putting me under. He says I said so. I, I could see him pulling tools out, and they were like Black and Decker tools, you know. <laughs> and I was like, what, you know, what, what, what? And he actually showed me they have a surgical router that they use. And for mine, they actually routered a section out of my bone to put the plate inside. They didn't want that plate sitting on the outside of the bone. Sure. So he routered out a section of the bone and put the plate inside it and then screwed those in. And you would think, you know, these would be like stainless steel tools. No, they're medical grade, but they kind of look like the ones you, the really expensive ones you'd buy at, uh, you know, Lowe's or Home Depot or something like that. And that's all I remember. Then I was under. <laughs> I, was, <laughs> I was out after that. I don't remember a thing. But uh, yeah. you, you're right. The technology is pretty amazing. Did you, Mike, did you get a chance to see any technology in your surgery when you had it? Well, I mean, just the crazy part for me was that they actually let my buddy, so my buddy who was with me when it happened, who splinted it, went with the ER, and in the ER and for my surgery, the surgeons let him shadow. So as a med student, they let him go in there, scrub in, <laughs> and be part of the surgery, which really? I don't know if you want... Well, I don't know if they want your best friend who actually was with you and said, hey, try this. He's, out, he's actually in the surgery room. He's in surgeon gear. He's ready to go. The surgeon was explaining everything to him, like having him you know, watch it and everything like that. So he was explaining to me all the different stuff that he does and just how the, all the different equipment. And it was fascinating to kind of hear all the different ways they do things and, and how it all works and how they spread apart your muscles and everything like that. Um, but the anesthesiologist was kind of the coolest part, the technology there of just how many, I guess not technology, but the science behind all the different ways they can do things. Uh, if I wanted to, if I wanted a block, I don't know, I think it's like a nerve block is what they call it. They could have done that and I wouldn't have felt anything below my knee for about 24 hours. Um, but then I, I didn't go with that because I'm like, well, I kind of just want to know what the pain's going to be like right off the bat and I'll deal with it. Um, cause I'm going to have to, it's going to wear off in 24 hours anyway. So I didn't end up doing that, but uh, all the different things they can do, and I—it's been a long time since I've had a um, an X-ray. I didn't know that these things are portable. Now I was just in a regular doctor's room at the ER. They wheel <laughs> this thing in. They all stand outside the room and press a button like I'm going to blow up, and then you know they come back in and it's like this portable little machine, and uh, it, it was pretty cool. I like how, and then the image just shows up 
right away for him, and my buddy was taking pictures of it on his phone, and it was cool. That's where I think I think X-ray technology's gotten in. All those are digital prints now, and so they just run in. And I mean, there's no film anymore. It's a it's a hundred percent digital, and uh, pretty cool that they can do a lot of that stuff and uh, and do it pretty remotely. I mean, it's funny that you say they they kind of get around the wall, like the wall is going to stop those X-rays from you know getting to <laughs> yeah, right. unless they're lined with lead or painted with lead or something. But it makes them feel better. Much. You know, it makes them feel better. We, they do that at the dentist too, and you're like, I don't know if that wall is going to really stop that much, but <laughs> right. Okay, yeah, I, put, uh, I put anyway. two pictures in the chat of the ankle if people want to see it, and uh, it's kind of interesting just how they go in and and what it all looks like, but kind of fun. Yeah, Tony is saying uh, medical imagery uh, nowadays is very, very cool, and and I'd have to agree. The even the fact as we're looking at this picture of yours with the, you know, with those things and the plates and the screws and all that other stuff, you know, you think, wow, that is in your leg, right? And what's crazy is um, uh, I am I, that's in my leg too, and I've run five marathons on it. And you're like, how, you you would think that would just shred everything right. in there. And how that and body yet, just adapts to those things is crazy. Yeah, I, I just I've never had any problem with it, and so, so they're so good. Here's a good one: the uh, ACL surgery. They uh, they replace your ACL with some something from somewhere. Uh, in the first time I did it, it was my own hamstring. Uh, they took, they harvested a hamstring of mine and made it into a new ACL for me. And then the second time was a cadaver's uh, patella tendon. So. But what's really cool is that they, they take this thing that is a tendon and they put it inside where the ligament should be and eventually over time your body grows blood vessels through the new ligament as it were even though it's not a ligament. Yeah. And then so your body literally just says okay I guess that's fine and co-ops the, the uh, whatever they put there and actually um, makes it into a ligament. That's, that's a technology that's going to be fun to see in the next few years. Oh, yeah is uh, all that sort of thing. And we've talked about that previously on the show. You know, those sort yeah. of um, things are going to be able to well, do. Well, the, na the nanotechnologies that's right. coming to... And I think, you know, I think it'll be get really good on the healing side, right? I mean, I think there'll be some things that will they'll be able to deliver direct medicine or whatever, chemicals, whatever it needs to be, right to the spot and get those things to heal faster as well as keep infection um, down. I don't, I don't know if we run the risk of infections like we used to, but... It does seem like uh, we're getting smaller and better, and those surgeries are less invasive. How many um, openings do you have, Mike, on your leg? How many? Where did they? Just one or uh, two? Because yeah. um, on, on my right side, right. it's long. I mean, it is a good six to seven inches um, long. On the left side, it's only two inches because they okay. had to go back in on my ankle on the other side. Yeah. But for my buddy who had hip surgery, he has two tiny little things. They needed to go out and scrape stuff out, so two tiny little holes, one on each hip. And uh, just insane. That's the, well, the hole for the camera, right? The arthroscope. Yes, that's yeah. what it was, yep. Yeah. One, one, they go in with the, the tools, and the other's the camera, right? And they. I think, yeah. actually, it's just one hole for both. Really? I, I don't yeah. know. Maybe, and maybe I could be wrong on that. It, it might be one for each, but it, yeah. It's a cool world. Uh, you know, Drashness says hypo, you know, like on Star Trek, and and you were healed, kind of, kind of that deal. Um, but uh, no, good to catch up, Mike. We're glad that, uh, that at least you're doing well and you're back, uh, back in the saddle. Yeah. And you're doing stuff. And uh, thanks for letting us talk <laughs> a little bit, a little bit about it. It's not it. Oh, I listen. I feel your pain, man. I still remember that. And Chris, you probably, as you think about the pain you went through on your knee twice, 
with that, uh, you kind of probably remember the, the, the pain associated with it. And it's not okay. fun. Never it forget is. it. <laughs> well, and the one thing I was going to mention real quick is the one piece of technology that's helped me out the most that I didn't even think about was my Apple Watch. So just having all of that communication, uh, when you can't get up easily and go grab your phone if you left it somewhere, or if it's in a bag, or even in school, um, you know, if I don't have my bag with me, if it's over on my scooter, you know, by the door, uh, being able to do everything from the phone, watch, being able to answer the phone and everything like that, plus uh, track the heartbeat, which I forgot to do, but what I wanted to do was start the, I wanted to wear it during my surgery and start like a workout mode during the surgery and see what my heart was doing uh, and how it would track throughout that whole thing, but I've used the heart rate monitor uh, just to see, you know, how it's been doing with, you know, keeping up and if I'm actually exerting more energy now when I'm trying to get up and do things, so it's it's been a lot of fun to use that, but just as far as, you know, mobility goes, the watch being always with you and always on your wrist, uh, I don't carry my phone around my apartment anymore because I can't, because I have two hands on the scooter, and a lot of times my gym shorts don't have pockets, so I'm just using my watch for absolutely everything now. Yeah, well, that's that's worked out for you. I mean, that's a nice. I couldn't have done all of that off the band, you know. I I don't have the phone capabilities on the right. band and some of those. I could, and you know, I've got some limited text messaging and some of those kinds of things. So, maybe for injuries, Apple Watch wins. Yeah, it. it I, I don't know. I think it's pretty awesome. It does <laughs> definitely uh, help out um, a lot. Yeah. No. Good to hear. Chris, let's catch up with a, a little bit with you. We have, Since we haven't seen you in a year, things at uh, the End User Podcast still going okay? Uh, you so guys are still staying after it over there? We're still uh, we're on kind of a hiatus right now. We haven't podcasted in a little bit of time now. So, um, Also, I know um, 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 Taylor has had some less time recently. Mm. Just you know, life been crazy and that yeah. kind of thing. And no, I don't, I don't know what that is like at all, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, so the 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 silly thing is that you know we're both uh, um, neither of us have kids or anything. And um, I look around the room and all the podcasters that I see like also have kids and like all these responsibilities that I don't have so I feel a little goofy uh, <laughs> saying that kind of thing but no, I never feel that way um, so we've taken a little bit of a hiatus from that um, but the uh, two other podcasts over on the DMZ are still going quite strong uh, Richard Gunther over on his home automation podcast home on is still going gangbusters. I th he's been pretty successful with that, and they've, yeah. they've put out a lot of good shows. That's a good show. He does a nice he, job. He does a very, very professional job there, and uh, home automation has turned out to be quite the hot topic. Yeah, yeah. He picked it at the right. He, um, Richard's a smart guy, so he he knows he saw that coming a long time ago, and we talked to him about that. Uh, I think two meetups ago. So a year and some change. They were just getting going. I think on right. home on. And uh, and he's just he he kind of saw it coming. I think we all have kind of seen it coming. But he jumped on it. He just does a really nice. He gets down to the point. He edits nicely, which you know every not everything makes the show. And uh, and so he spends some time editing it. So that's a that's a good deal. Are you guys uh, have you have you come? Are you gonna have a comeback date at all, or are you just kind of put it on temporary hiatus? So we're point? just we're just kind of on temporary hiatus. I'm I'm not. Neither of us are entirely sure uh, um, where we want to go with that, especially now um, that time is kind of, kind of at a premium. So, um, you know, if that changes, we'll uh, obviously let people know. Yeah, yeah. Well, there's. I know some of our listeners are also end-user listeners. I know we share all those. We yeah. share all of these podcasts together. Quite a few and, folks, yeah. 
Yeah, so they'll be glad to hear you on here. And, of course, you know, that's one of those crazy things as a podcaster. You, you get These are your babies, right? These are, this is, <laughs> yes. each one of these is, you know, you're like, and it's, it's sometimes you have to make, I mean, I, I can't, I, there have been many times with Home Gadget Geeks when I've been like, should I, should I just kind of wrap this thing up? I mean, TV shows have seasons, right? And all but a few, uh, no, actually every single one, with the exception of The Simpsons, makes it maybe about 10 seasons, and then they're like, eh, let's, or Stargate, let's, uh, you know, we are, we as podcasters <laughs> kind of think this has to go on forever sometimes, and uh, maybe it doesn't, right? I mean, yeah, maybe we, wrapping uh, things up and calling it good sometimes is not a bad idea. We don't get a uh, movie at the end. We don't get a movie deal, do we? <laughs> no, and maybe that's what we need sometimes is just that big show at the end and, and kind of wrap it up, but... It's um it's one of those things that it's a it's a you know I understand the the uh, the dilemma of like well do we come yeah. back do we do something different how do you end a show we talk a lot about that on Ask the Podcast Coach you know on Saturday mornings I do the show and it's a it's a hot topic because how do you most most just fade off right they just kind of fade yeah, off into the they sunset. call it pod fading right you just right. fade off into the sunset and yeah. <laughs> well uh, well well like what uh, um, Serial is doing right. Um, they have this notion of seasons. And I feel like a lot of podcasts, it depends on what you're doing, right? I, it doesn't really make sense to have a season of news, right? right. Like like CNN doesn't do seasons, right? right. Um, so, But I, I think that's a, a really good idea to break up a podcast into digestible chunks. And then, you know, after every chunk, you could kind of assess where you're at and... Uh, you know, perhaps get some more inspiration and whatever yeah. and change the format a little bit. We, we've done that a few times as well. Just um, got tired of what we were doing and then just switched the format up entirely. Yeah. I think it's good. You know, I brought, um, after we had you on the show last year, I brought Mike on, Mike Weger, to join me. Uh, you know, we'd had Christian and Andrew before that, and, and we'd gone back and forth on hosts, and Mike breathed a little bit of new life back in. Brought, he brought the Apple stuff, and then actually he started taking on some of the Windows stuff, which was kind of crazy. He had been a complete Mac guy, and then we started influencing him in bad ways. And so that's I have a been... server rack now. Like, what is <laughs> filled, with, filled with more non-Apple? components than Apple components, which I never thought would happen. Yeah, so it's it's kind of fun, you know. Sometimes you just got to mix things up. So we'll uh, we'll hope for the best, Chris. Whatever you're doing out there with end user, and I, I think all the listeners understand. Let's um let's get into some into some gadgets. Uh, you have recently, when we when you and I were talking, you've recently purchased a new TV, and it's you know TVs are it's just not like you go to you know to Best Buy and just buy a TV anymore. I mean that's a big deal. The prices aren't the big deal. It's everything that comes with it, right? And so talk a little bit about what you got and why you got it. Right, okay. So just a little preamble. Uh, I happened to get, I got a new job, and I got a signing bonus um, from the, like, recruiting company that I used to find that new job, right? So I figured, you know what? Like, it's the era of 4K, and it's time, and I'm just going to, you know, drop a lot of cash and get a new TV, and uh, then I had to convince my wife that um, 60 inches was not ridiculous, and it's turned out, actually, that that, that story has a happy ending. They, uh, um, She has gotten used to the 60-inch TV. That's what we got, was 60 inches, and um, I, I think that, at least, has, has been okay, although she was quite... Um, 
reticent at first to get such a big honking TV in our little thousand square foot apartment, right? <laughs> yeah, it's like it's like one room. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, it's uh, two and three if you count the kitchen, I guess. Yeah, right. Yeah. Well, no, I meant the TV takes up like oh, one. Yes. It one is, yeah, it's a pretty big. I mean, it's a pretty big TV. Yeah, it's it's the living room. Um, so anyway, um, I decided to uh, get a TV, and I'd kind of been waiting for them to go up on the deals sites. You know, some of these like um, best of like I don't know what is that, 2014 I guess 4K TVs, something like that. And uh, I saw a bunch of TVs go up on Woot and got the uh, Vizio M60C3. And so that's a 60-inch 4K TV. Now, I'm not able to use the 4K functionality of it quite yet because, A, my receiver doesn't do 4K, and, B, there's really nothing out there that's 4K currently. So at least for the moment, in 1080p, that's that's fine. Um so if somebody's asking what the viewing distance is, I don't know, it's eight feet maybe, something like that. Um, it's, it's funny, Chris, how you say, uh, you know, it's just, so we're just using 1080p. It wasn't that long ago, <laughs> right? 1080p was like, sweet! And now it's kind of, well, I mean, it's okay. Yeah, now my phone is 1080p, you know. <laughs> right. I, there are phones that are way more than that. Um, exactly. And, and uh, what the uh, I, the latest generation of iMac is up to uh, some variation of 5K. I forget exactly what the aspect ratio is. Um, but the biggest thing that I'm noticing is not necessarily the um, bigness of it or the fact that it's 4K, even though I wouldn't notice that anyway, I suppose. It's just the actual like colors and the picture quality of the TV itself just totally blows the pants off of my old uh, Samsung TV. And that, that was... Um, that was also 1080p, although it was 42 inches, I believe. So <laughs> it's unbelievable to me how much the black levels have gotten so much blacker. Uh, it's unbelievable to me how much the uh, how much the color has gotten better. And just you take the exact same source and you put it on the new TV, and it just it looks amazing compared to the old TV. Um, so the we were watching the the thing that hit me about the black levels was we were watching uh, the uh, Hunger Games the uh, second movie and which is fantastic by the way is a good the, one sorry third movie third yeah movie. the third one's a good one yeah the uh, first two okay you know it was I enjoyed it it was entertaining enough but uh, boy that third one really was something special I think but so there's one scene in there where they're um, they're going down into a dark place through a stairwell, and there's a light flickering. And we were watching this in total darkness, and, you know, when the lights went off in the movie, it, the room just went black. And it's just like, it's alarming, you know, and it's supposed to be alarming. It's, it's kind of a tool of the film to be alarming that this light is flickering and that it's, it's going between extreme brightness and extreme darkness, and you get this kind of stutter thing going on, and it was kind of a tool of the cinema, right? And I think, had I watched that on the old Samsung television, you know, it goes black, and it's kind of this vaguely bright black on the screen. Yeah, it's, it's, it's like, like the, the most light you've ever seen in blackness. It's right. the weird thing, right? <laughs> the, the room goes dark, the screen goes black, but you can still see the outline of the TV pretty clearly, yeah. you know, because it's this 
light black. It's it's really weird. I, I've I've experienced that before. But you're saying 4K black. I mean, like room goes black. You and I were talking about this when I met with you. Room goes dark. You can't see the TV anymore, right? Right. I mean, it's, yeah, it's gone. Yeah, which is spooky. Yeah, yeah. That, that's why I said, you know, it's alarming. Yeah. It's like, whoa, okay, I didn't know that, you know, would happen. And, of course, this was on Blu-ray, too, so that probably helped matters a little bit. Um, so, you know, I'm not sure if it would be the same. You know, I, I think that movie may be on Netflix. Maybe I should go do a, a little comparison. Um, and uh, so that was just alarming, and I, it, I had to take a step back and say, oh, uh, Great. <laughs> that is, yeah. that is you got your money's wonderful. worth. Yeah, you got yeah. your money's worth on you know on that one. Have you watched Interstellar on it yet? No, oh, no, no. I haven't watched Interstellar at all. Actually, that is okay. something I need to watch. Um, yeah, so should, no, you do. That they've got some pretty amazing cinematography it's in an, Interstellar. Absolutely incredible. Yeah, yeah. No, I think you'll, I think you'll like it. So it's on uh, Amazon. Prime video, I think, or it was. Yeah, for it's a actually bit. free on Prime, yeah, right yeah. now. Yep. Oh, but yeah, th that's can... the kind of movie I'm getting a Blu-ray for. Yeah, that's uh, true. That's true. There are some movies. Okay, fine. Um, but that's definitely one of the one in the category of you know this is like a thing that will demo my home theater, right? <laughs> no, right on. And that's, that's a, another like... reason. Oh, go ahead, sorry. No, no, go ahead, Mike. Well, that was one reason I was surprised the Xbox One didn't set up themselves to be able to do 4K. You know, it's got, it's, it's kind of your box, it's newer, it's going to be the box that they, they probably don't have another box for, I'd say, at least another four years, four or five years, uh, if they do the same thing they did with the 360, and that's where I was stuck when I bought my new TV, was, okay, 4K or non-4K, and we ended up not going 4K because probably in the next few years when we get a house, we'll want another TV anyway, and maybe we'll then we'll have a device that can actually output 4K. Because, I mean, I guess you could put your computer next to one of these uh, if you wanted to, or if you, you know, you could put a laptop by it if you could um, output 4K, like with Thunderbolt or something like that. But besides that, I didn't have anything. But I didn't even think about all the things you're bringing up with, with the color. So do you think it's still worth it going with that 4K for the color uh, improvements? Oh, yeah, um, because the, the TVs that aren't 4K, you know, 4K is not going to change that. Right uh, aspect of things. So, um, if if you're getting a new TV and you think that you're going to get a 4K TV, you know, in the next three, four, five years or whatever, uh, it's still probably worth an upgrade. Okay. And TVs are so cheap these days; it's incredible. So, uh, I mentioned the 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 Vizio we got off of Woot, and granted, it's Woot, so uh, it's going to be cheaper and it comes with zero warranty, but. That's kind of something that I accepted, and like, if it breaks, I'm gonna rip it open and like replace capacitors or something. I'm, it's just that's something I am okay with, and it's not something you know. My parents were buying a TV; I would not advise that, but at least for for me, that's fine. And um, how much was yeah. it on Woot? Oh, so yes, that's what I was um, trying to get at. Is it was nine fifty? Oh, wow. Yeah. So and what was the model again? They're asking in the chat room. What oh, was the, the Vizio M60C3 is the model number, and that's considered a a, a budget uh, 4K TV. But um, it's been it's been pretty great so far. And and like I said, you know, we're not actually getting 4K out of it even still. So um, if you've got a really old TV and you get a chance to upgrade even at 1080p, if if you think your upgrade path will take you to 4K in the future, it's still probably a pretty good idea. 
Yeah, Mark dropped a link to it out there in the chat. Let's take a peek at it here. Maybe I can, uh, here, I'll do. tell you what I'll do. Since we're talking about it, let me screen share. I'll see if I can bring this up so we can take a peek. It might take a second for that to pop up. Let's share that. Oh, I get a 5% off coupon if I... <laughs> there you go. If I share that. Let's throw this, uh, we'll throw that up there. Is that the uh, the 2015 M-Series? That I'm showing on the screen, Chris, is do I have the, we have the right one? Let's see. Yes, that's the one. Okay. That's one. Now, this one, so that's a good price. I mean, you've yeah. got, you know, 250 off the, because you got it for 950 right? Right. Yeah. So, it gives you, a, we'll give you a front view on it. Have you used many of the apps, then, that are associated with the TV, oh. or are you using something else to, to feed it? I wish I could get rid of them. Um, they, uh, uh, I just so we have the media center. You know, we've talked about this on the podcast before. We've got a uh, dedicated home theater PC that sits underneath the TV, um, and uh, a receiver for the surround sound system. And uh, there's a Chromecast plugged into the receiver as well. But um, I really just those apps are so slow and painful to use, and um, they really don't add much value if you already have things that achieve the same end. Um, so I haven't really um, gotten any use out of the apps. In fact, I wish they'd go away, and I <laughs> wish that it would you just uninstall them. Yeah, just a dumb monitor. That would be right. the absolute ideal thing. Do you? Um, it looks like it has a pretty serious remote. I mean, I'm looking at this this remote that's on there. So front and back side with a full keyboard on the back. Is that? Is that? Yeah. So we actually don't use the remote because we use a Logitech Harmony uh, Universal right. remote to turn the whole system on and off. And also, the uh, Logitech ties into smart things. So if I forget to turn the TV off when I leave, it'll turn itself off. Nice. Nicely done. Anything else like anything else besides the color surprise you when you got it from a usage standpoint? Um so I wasn't surprised, but my wife was surprised that she got used to a TV that large coming from the 42-inch TV. And did, did you mount it on the wall or is it sitting on a No, it's sitting on a stand on top of our uh, our you know, we have like a cabinet with a receiver and everything in there. Now that's really nice. Wow, and then the cool. the uh, the legs sit out like a kind of like a tripod, so yeah. uh, it's it's really stable. We don't have to worry about people uh, or you know the cats knocking it over or anything like yeah, that. Yeah, you know they make those they make these straps that you can you know they'll strap them down and you can screw them into the back of the stand just so kids or pets or whatever don't push the TV over. So Jim, I wanted to bring up we did a show with. Um, um, with Rob H. from um, uh, AVR Rant podcast on the end user a while back, and it talked. To, we did a whole show about um, whether it makes sense to buy a 4K TV right now, and he was also on uh, Entertainment 2.0 over the, at the DMZ. So, if if you want a little bit more of that, uh, it's got two pretty good podcasts over there with him. Or sorry, AV Rant, not AVR Rant. Is he? That's not Robert Heron, is it? Uh, no. Okay. Different. A different Rob H. Okay. Anyway, he's a character, and he really, really knows his stuff. And uh, um, um, if you're into home theater, then uh, AV Rant is great. 
Oh, very cool. And that that would be. Let me look. I'm looking right now. That was 201. I want to say for you guys, right? On end user when you had them. Is that right? Yes, that sounds about right. Okay. If you go back to end user, if if you just go to the digitalmediazone.com slash podcast slash the end user, I'm sure there's an easier way to get to that. What's the can I go to the enduser.com? I always forget that you're You sure can. Yeah, we set up a redirect for that. Okay, perfect. And look for 201 if you're interested in doing that. Chris, I got to admit, from a TV, I bought a Samsung 37 or 40-inch TV. I can't remember. A couple years back, oh, we probably had it five or six years. Still works pretty great. <laughs> you know, I, it's one of those kinds of things that for what we use it for. Uh, it works awesome. I think I will probably wait uh, until, for me, yeah. in my case... I'll wait for the the four. If we're gonna go 4K, I'll wait till there's more services. Definitely, you know, kind of offering 4K and have yeah. it have it kind of make sense. That's kind of where I'm at. I don't you think if for most people if they've got a TV that's five, six, seven years old or newer, they're probably okay. Yeah, and well, you know, at that size, um, I don't think 4K. Depending, you know, you're not like staring at it like a smartphone, you know, right next to your head or anything. Um, in fact, I, I, 1080p may not even uh, make sense for, for that size, right? Um, but what, what I feel like 4K allows you to do is, given the same, um, given the same viewing distance that you have, it allows you to get a larger screen in that you can tell the difference between 1080p and 4K depending on um, your distance from the screen and also the size of the screen. So depending on those variables, uh, you know, maybe even 720p would be okay, right? Mm-hmm. The one thing I did, and I think a lot of different devices offer this, but I'd never actually done it, was on the Xbox One, there was something called, you know, your your HD calibration. You know, I was like, okay, like, what's really going to be the difference on my TV? Because we just got the brand new TV, and it's it's got a ton of features. So I'm like, okay, well, let's check this thing out. So what it is, is you pop it up, and on the screen of the Xbox, it's saying, okay, go on your TV settings, you got your TV remote, go to this, and you should be able to, like, and it's showing you images of what you should be able to see. So turn it until this turns whatever, uh, turn this down to this setting, and it's a really long process. I mean, it took me about 20, probably 20, 25 minutes, but at the end of it, it was spectacular. And kind of the thing I noticed was that at night, my eyes aren't as strained anymore. A lot of it was, you know, the whites down and stuff like that. But it got a lot more vivid. And I had no idea going through that calibration process how really different your image can look on your TV if you don't have your settings set correctly for whatever device you're using or for whatever you're watching. So that calibration process, at least on the Xbox One, the way they do the walkthrough is extremely easy. And at the end, I was really glad I did it. And most TVs will save those settings um, to that HDMI port. So as long as you're using the same HDMI port each time for that device, those are the settings that are going to be used. So kind of nice there. That's a really good point. Um, When you first get a TV, the first thing you should do is... um, turn off whatever version they have called sport mode, right? Yeah. That makes things look like a reality TV show or a soap opera or something. And um, calibrate it like you said, at least even if you don't go really serious with the calibration, um, you probably want to um, at least turn the brightness down, right? Uh, because they, when those things roll off the show floor or whatever, they're they're designed to like you know, grab you by the neck and shake you, and they're just, they're turned up all the way bright, and they're just ridiculous looking. It's to look wow when they're up on the wall yeah. at the Best Buy, so when you walk in there, you're like, oh man, look at just how vivid these things are and bright they are. Yeah, you're, you're like, like oh, that's not brighter. 
Yeah, so exactly. We'll buy that one, I guess. You know. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Isn't that funny? They tune them all for the the showroom wall just to make sure they look that one of the one they pull out of the box looks great, and uh, at least at least it looks great in the you know in the store, uh, competing with all the the fluorescent lights and everything else that they got to be in there. But you get it, you get it home, and you have such a you have a much softer environment in your home theater area, generally, for most people, in their home theater area. So pretty cool. Chris, any other, when we think about uh, home automation, we talked a bunch about your home automation the last time you were on, but anything new that you've been uh, messing around with recently in the last, you know, three to six months that's you, that you've found pretty interesting? So uh, not a lot new, but I, I did find something really, really interesting that, um, with my system. And for those people who haven't uh, uh, listened to that podcast a, a year ago or so, um, I've got a smart things system set up in my apartment, so um, I've got nearly all the lights automated at very least, and a couple other things, like I mentioned the uh, Logitech Harmony integration, which didn't exist last year. Uh, that's relatively new, so uh, that's that's pretty cool to have. Again, so I can leave the TV on, and I can leave the lights on, and I can leave, and it will turn them off for me and I just kind of don't have to worry about it. Um, and then... Is that using proximity, or how are you... So it's the Harmony. You... So the oh. Harmony has an infrared blaster on it to achieve its universalness. Its universality, I guess, would be the word. <laughs> nice. Um, <laughs> and so since it has that little IR blaster on it, it, you know, it has the ability to turn on... The, you know, you hit one button that says watch right. TV... It turns on the receiver and the TV and tunes them to the right uh, HDMI inputs and that kind of thing. So, But as a consequence of it being an IR blaster and being on Wi-Fi means that there's no reason you couldn't hook it into an automation system. Right. And it just so happens that it hooks into smart things now. And I'm, I'm not sure about some of the other systems, but there's no reason that somebody couldn't build some kind of adapter for, um, for, for that device, right? Well, but when you leave... And it know, how does it know you're gone to shut all the lights off after you've left? So what are you it, using? It, ha it keeps track of your smartphones. So if my wife and I both leave, it knows shut everything down. The Harmony remote is the one that's keeping track of your... No, the uh, SmartThings system. SmartThings hub. Yes, so. Right. So you have okay. the app on your phone, and it you know follows you around and knows where right. you're at. So um, when I come in the house, I don't turn the lights on. They're already on. Um, when I leave the house, I don't turn them off. I just leave. Sometimes you walk by the front door and then go, psych, and then just keep... keep. <laughs> well, it's, it's using GPS to do that, and you can actually set a fence of um, like up to a mile or something, depending on what your particular situation is. So um, even if I were to try to fake it out, you know, it's GPS. It would know exactly where I'm at. So in your setting, like as soon as you leave, they just go off, and then as you certain you get a certain distance to the house, the, I assume you're not turning them all on when you're coming in, but are you turning them all off when you leave? Yes. Okay. So I'm turning them on, um, at least the living room lights, and here's a key, only if it's after sunset. Mm. Right? Um, right. If you come home at noon, you don't want them to turn on. That would be <laughs> right. ridiculous. Right. Right. Yeah, so it's keeping track of time, and it's saying, hey, after a certain time, at dusk, certain time, turn these on, and I imagine you could say, I mean, you could even have it just turn on your entry light. 
Yes. From that point, just get you in the house, and then. So, are you using? I can't remember. Are you using Echo at all to to control anything? So yes, although I wasn't last year. Uh, the Echo is a new addition, and we've put that um, that found a permanent place in the kitchen. It seems uh, up on some high shelf, and you can just kind of scream out into the darkness, and it will <laughs> it will answer you, right? Um, so listen to some podcasts on on the Echo. Um, yeah, it's not so great for music. That speaker isn't so great. Um, you know, Richard. Richard really likes the Echo, though. Lately, he, I, I Richard Gunther over there at, mm-hmm. at uh, Home One, he wasn't. I think early he wasn't as impressed, but I was just uh, re- listening to the most recent one, and he talks. He kind of he's he's kind of coming over to the dark side on the on the Echo, and and yeah. uh, and likes kind of all the integrations that go with it. So, we we like it. We like the music part of it. I mean, it's not the greatest speaker, but for a kitchen, yeah. you know, we put it in the corner. Good enough. Uh, definitely, definitely. So yeah. And for podcasts, really good enough. I mean, for yeah. voice content, it's absolutely fine. Yeah, I've I've gotten addicted to the the sports flash briefing that's on there, yeah. where you can really tune that thing in, and I can get ESPN sports update. Just you know, hey, play my my sports flash briefing. It'll just play ESPN's uh, you know morning or afternoon updates and. Pretty handy. It also do scores for you, which it, during the fantasy football season, you know, we had a league here. Really helpful to be able to kind of keep track of what's going on. You know, just ask it, and it will tell you the scores. So it's pretty cool. Yeah, or, or we'll be watching football or something, and you'll say, you know, boy, that guy's that guy's really tall, you know. And then you say, Alexa, how tall is Brock Osweiler, right? And he'll say, oh, you know, he's six seven, and um, you know, just little stuff like that. You know, I, I think of it like it's uh, the Star Trek computer, right? You're you're in a room, and there's some omnipresent. Um, robot of some kind listening to you, to your every word and can answer whatever question. Well, not whatever question, but many certain types of factual questions that you may or may not have. There's still some queries that are pretty weak, yeah. you know, on it. But we've and Mike, I don't know about you, but we've uh, we call her Lexi when we don't when we're talking about her. Oh yeah, and we don't want that. her to respond. I shouldn't say that on a podcast, should I? I should say the Echo. <laughs> right. Have you guys but, noticed, though, that when you're... Okay, so all the Amazon commercials for the Echo have come on. I, I turn immediately to my... Because my TV is almost right by my Echo. <laughs> she'll initiate, but I think they've programmed her to ignore the commercial because she'll initiate... Oh. Like, and, and As soon as like maybe a second goes by, she'll the blue link... Uh, the blue light will turn off, so she'll uh, she'll go away. So it used to be a problem when their very first commercials came out before Christmas time, when they were trying to sell them. It would activate mine every single time. And now, I mean, that commercial is on. We watch Hulu Plus, and it's one of the most common commercials on Hulu. And uh, it, it they've seemed to work out the bug. Yeah, that's cool. We we just call her Lexi. So Sarah will say, Hey, can you tell Lexi to add whatever? She, you know, she'll be in another room, and I'll walk by and say, "Hey, Alexa, you know, add this to the shopping list." And uh, Chris, have you used any if this and that on the? There's been a ton of recipes that have come up here in the last couple months. No, I haven't really gotten into it yet. Um, the uh, the the Echo does have uh, Smart Things integration now. You used to have to use if this then that with that with with Smart Things, but it has direct integration now, so you don't have to. Yeah, it's. Um, I haven't either, and I'm a big if this then that guy. Uh, I just haven't had a need yet. Yeah, I, guess I you admit, tweet I, from it and stuff like that. Or... I probably could, although I've got other ways of doing that. I, you know, we. I'll be honest. My wife uses that thing more than I do. She just loves that thing and shopping list and to do and you know whenever we run out of something, 
Alexa, add this to the shopping list, and she'll pull up her Amazon app when we're out shopping and say, okay, what so do we need? You know, Here is a killer feature that people might not be using for uh, the Echo is converting cooking measurements. Killer. That, that's so, our favorite one. Yeah, you just all the time. Ask yeah. her how many milliliters is two cups, and now you know, and you don't have to put down whatever you're, whatever you're carrying. You don't have to take out your phone. It's beautiful. I, I um, that is just it's such a little tiny thing of the vast array of things that it can do. But man, that's killer. <laughs> yeah, I've started to use those a lot more now with you know not being able to move around. Because with the oh, between yeah. the Xbox, I can turn it to turn on my TV. I can tell it what channel to turn to, and then I yell over to Alexa to turn on the lights. I really can just come in, plop down on the couch, and be good to go. And that's it's like my ultimate dream. So you don't realize it enough though until the remote's over there. But I can't really get over there that quickly. And ah, uh, you know what? I don't need the remote. I can just have the Xbox do it, or uh, or have Amazon do it. Mike, I gained a lot of weight when I broke my leg. I'm just going to tell you. I gained See, a lot of weight. Hannah and I were on the – so the day before was when we got really back into our workout. Uh, we were going to do a 24-day challenge through the AdvoCare stuff, and uh, a lot of people were commenting. was like, oh, Mike, was this your way of getting out of doing the challenge with Hannah? But the good thing about her doing the challenge still is that she's cooking all the healthy food. So I'm not eating bad. So at least, you know, I'm, I'm taking care of that side of things. But, yeah, you're right. It's a uh, – be pretty easy to gain some weight because I don't move at all. It, it <laughs> is one of the things I did uh, with the Echo is I started over at the uh, at Know It Guy. So just go Know It, K N O W I T Guy dot com. We have an Alexa or I have a Amazon Echo Know It Guy that's out there. And what I've been doing, Chris, is taking all the emails we get on Fridays. You know, if you're an Amazon user, you get a Friday update, and I just yep. put them there. And it's really because there's so it's much information handy, yeah. coming out about this. Uh, one of the fun things, when we just think about the fun things that have come on the Echo just in the last couple weeks, is they have what's called the Rhyme Zone now that you can enable through the app, and you can say, Alexa, ask Rhyme Zone what rhymes with banana, and she'll come back with all the words that rhymes with banana. So if you wanted to, you know, again, these fun, it's these are kind of learning games. They're going to get better as they go along, but um, that's one of the things you can do. And then you can ask baby names. Ask baby names about popular names in the United States going back to the 1880s. If you enable that, you can say, what was the most popular baby names in the United States in 1997? And it will pull those names back for you. So, you and know, inter- just two examples. Well, I don't think we ever talked about on the show that they're going to release the portable version of the Echo. Maybe because, you know, it's not out yet. But that was right. big news, you know, back in January that there's going to be a whole other version of this. And so that's exciting, too, because I've seen the news... I'm sure you've been really busy updating that guide because lately the news has been coming faster and faster yeah, wow, yeah. Uh, than it was last fall, You know, especially with like the Spotify integration and all that stuff around that time. Uh, and then now that they're going to release a whole new version of this, uh, it shows. I, the, the reason I like that is because it shows that they're actually dedicated to this product and it's doing well. Uh, they're spending a lot more money on advertising. And so I'm glad it wasn't just a kind of one and done, kind of, hey, let's see how this goes, and, and then they ditched the product. So they're actually moving forward with it. Well, we saw some, I, I'm a part of a couple Facebook groups that are dedicated to the Echo, and the, lately there's been some battery packs that have come out for these versions where you can plug that, you know, it's a battery base, oh, nice. and you can plug it in, so if you want to move it around and make it portable, yeah. you can do that. So there's some retrofit um, battery packs that are coming out for the Echo. So kind of a cool idea. Uh, surprisingly, people wanted to pick up the Echo and take it with them. Right, it was one of those kinds of things. Hey, I've only got one. I want to move it from the kitchen to the living room, or I want to, you know, take it into the bedroom, or don't take it into the bathroom. Okay, don't do that. Just, yeah, that's weird. 
But that's Hold okay. Up. Okay, but the only reason I've thought of that is because I need a speaker and I want to listen to my flash briefing while I'm uh showering. We'll say yes. showering. Showering. Good, good, good call. Yeah, or shaving while I'm shaving. But yeah. that's the time where I want it. Yeah. yeah, I think if if we could get it, I don't think we're too far away where we can get remote speakers and those remote speakers wouldn't be the full hardware. They would just be able to hear you and then send information to that speaker, right? So you could take a you have a remote speaker in your bedroom, and one in your bathroom, one in the living room, and you. This then we do get to the Star Trek model where you're just anywhere in the house, and you say Alexa, right, and that that remote microphone and speaker pick it up for you. We've definitely triggered the Alexa at least three or four times now <laughs> for people. <laughs> so sorry about that. If uh... yes, if you were listening to this on your Alexa, on, on your on, Echo, yeah, sorry. <laughs> On your echo, we we apologize for that. So, uh, Chris, anything else as we think about stuff you've been working on? I know you you changed jobs, and we talked a little bit about that when I was there. And congratulations on that. But any other yeah, thank you technology you've been working on, or anything cool that you want to highlight before we? So, uh, God, an hour goes fast. It really does, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, so I wanted to get I wanted to get to one little uh, mention about smart things, or another mention about smart things. Um, I was really impressed recently with um, so. I got, we didn't know that in the closet over here to my left, uh, screen right, uh, that you can't see it anyway, but uh, that closet actually has a light bulb in there, and we had no idea because the pull string was off. It, it was like... Just completely broken off. It was right? like two inches, two inches long or something. Right. So um, we just, ever since we moved into this apartment, uh, we had no idea that there was even a light in the closet. Um, so I, th I thought, well, instead of replacing the pull string, uh, I'll put a connected light bulb in there, and we'll be able to control it in some way. And um, preferably, when the doors open, um, uh, there's two doors to that shared closet. Uh, then the light would turn on when you open the door. So, um, so I got a Cree connected bulb and put it in there. We've I've got a couple other Cree connected bulbs around the apartment. They're really, really cheap comparatively at least light bulbs that are connected via Zigbee and they can connect to smart things or whatever home automation system you've got. What's cheap, Chris? Um, so depending on when you get it, it will it can be anywhere from like 10 to 30 or 35 bucks. Um, I've, for whatever reason, it's fluctuated a lot. So next time I see it go down, I, the lowest I ever saw it was 10. Yeah, that would be pretty cheap. That'd be half the price. I, I think yeah. of Philips bulbs start about 20, I think, as they're right. starting for just the regular white light bulbs. So anyway, I hooked that up in the out in the light bulb outlet up there, and we hooked up. We got a couple new open-close sensors and put them on the closet doors. And then when I went to set it up with smart things, I realized that it couldn't quite do exactly what I wanted it to do. So you think about it, which when you want the light to turn on, it's when Either door opens, and when you want it to turn off, it's when both close, or both return to a state of closed. And so, actually, that turned out to be fairly complicated. In I couldn't get smart things to do that. So I thought, okay, you know, uh, I stumbled across uh, somebody who was doing something with the uh, so-called smart things IDE, which is where you can actually get in there and just write some code. 
Uh, they use some, uh, and you know, I'm a developer, so I'm comfortable with that. Some other people may not be, but I, 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 it's simple enough that you could copy and paste some code in there and be comfortable doing that, um, even as a not developer. Um, but so uh, they use a scripting language called Groovy, and you can write custom drivers for device types that SmartThings doesn't support, and then you can get it to work. But for this particular uh, situation, I realized, oh, you know, I could just write a little function that had exactly the logic that I just said in it, and it would be perfect. So I just opened the little uh, text editor they gave you and, you know, wrote six lines of code or whatever it was to control the, the light. And that worked. So uh, at least for the moment, I'm really impressed that I could just get in there and write, you know, an arbitrary function and if statement to control um, things around the house. That's kind of incredible. And I didn't know that it would be. So I I had some notion that you could do it somehow, but boy, I didn't know it would be that easy. Do you have to plug in? So do you have to pull down the smart things device? No, no, no. Plug. It's how does that work? So it's on like smartthings.com and you go there and they have an editor for you in the web browser. So you don't need to install anything, you don't need to take the hub offline, you don't need to do anything like that. You just go up there and you write the code there. And then they also have a they have an integrated testing system so you can set the house into some state that you'd like it to react to and it would say, "Oh, if this were real, these things would happen, and they show you, like, oh, this light would turn on, and this thing would happen. Um, so you can test it without actually, you know, flashing the lights on and off in the right. house. Yeah, like, hey, what's going on? So did you use the sensors on the door then? And yes. so if both sensors are zero, if the equation, I mean, it's as simple as if the equation equals zero, really simple. then turn the lights off. If it's anything above zero, turn the lights on. Right, that's kind of the. It's either one or two, right? If the sensors are open, I know it's probably a little in the code. Maybe it's a little more difficult than that, it, but maybe it's not. Surprisingly easy. You say something like, um, you know, light bulb equals this other thing from the from whatever the system is, and then you say light bulb dot on, and that's it. That's how you turn a light on, <laughs> programmatically with smart things. Is there some helps out there? I mean, did you watch a video at all, or what got you up to speed to be so able to? There's a bunch it. of folks in the forums that are doing complicated stuff, like writing custom drivers for Smart Things forums. Yeah. Okay. Um, so there are people out there who are doing some pretty crazy things with it, but um, to do something as simple as what I'm talking about, it was not a lot of effort. Um, but no, you know, I don't really know. I kind of stumbled across the fact that that was even possible. So. Um, yeah, I didn't watch any videos or anything. Once I saw the way the API looked, I thought, oh, okay, I can do that. That's easy. And then it was just pretty much logic after that, right? I mean, it's pretty much just kind of like, okay, I'm, because the, the code works the same and just putting logic in there. So that's pretty cool. That's really cool because that allows you to extend some of the functionality without, and it's all web-based. Right, and it's all web-based, so you don't need to install anything or anything like that. No, no worry about somebody hacking in on that thing. Oh, you know that's a constant. Um, that's a constant worry, and there are some things you can do to isolate the, the, uh, smart things network. I haven't done that, just because I think it's, it's I don't know, it's a lot of burden to, yeah. uh, you know, put it on like a separate um, VLAN or something like that, and, um, so I don't know. I'm not too worried about it. You know, they do have. Um, 
They have the ability to auto-update the hub, so if there were some really critical vulnerability, they could fix it. And by the way, I am absolutely sure there is currently a critical vulner vulnerability, right? That's just how software works. Like, right. I know it's there. It's just that nobody knows about it yet. Right. <laughs> it's inherent in the system, right? Right, it, exactly. It, it only means it hasn't... It's not if, it's when somebody finds. Yes, exactly. That's just the way software is. Um, unfortunately, I wish it weren't. Um, right. And there are a lot of things we could do to uh, help that situation, but... Um, at least for the moment, that's just, you know, the ability to auto-update is about the best thing we could do. Right. Well, Chris, thanks for coming on tonight. Stay around. Can you hang out for a little bit of post-show? Yeah. Would that be would that be all right? Okay. Absolutely, yes. We'll, we'll have you a little bit around. One of the things uh, that I've been working on lately, just as we kind of go out here, is I installed, and I know this isn't anything new, but it's this application called Flux, F.L.U.X. Oh, yeah. Have you heard of that? Great. Right. The, my kids, this was all the rage a couple months ago, and I didn't even pay any attention to it. And I don't know what got me thinking. Mike Weger, you know what I'm talking about, Flex, have if you no tried idea. this? Okay, so basically, uh, you know, there's a lot of blue light in what we look at. And, of course, we stare at this in our screens. We stare at this stuff all the time, and it keeps you awake. And so there's this thing, like, if you, um, you know, if you reduce that, you don't have as much trouble going to bed at night if you've been staring at computer screens. So Flux... It's f.lux. So I installed it, and it takes, as the sun goes down, it starts taking all the blue light out of your monitor. So the other night, so like right now, you guys are a little orange. I'm just going to say, you got to be careful because it doesn't give you true representation, right? <laughs> if I look at you guys on these monitors, you're a little orange. Yeah, that's orange. just my spray tan. Sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs> you if you look at the, uh, I don't have it on the server, and so as I'm looking at that screen right now, that still has blue. So the other night I'm down here, and again, my kids have been doing this for a, a while. I just kind of caught on to it. So I was working on these two screens for a while, all, no, you know, the blue, most of the blue, heavy blue being removed. And then I fired up the server, and oh my gosh, I thought I had broken the server. It was so blue. And that just kind of gets, kind of shows you how well your eyes get used to. You know, you're staring at this for a while. This is normal. This is the way it always looks. But because I'd been looking at these flux monitors or the these in, these flux induced monitors, uh, when I looked at the actual screen, I thought, oh my gosh, did did something come loose? Did I, you know, because it was just so blue. Chris, have you messed around with with flux at all? I haven't used it in some years. You know, that thing is old as dirt. Yeah. Uh, it's been around for a long time now. Uh, I did use it sometime in college at some point, um, but I, I haven't used it in recent times here. Yeah, available for Windows. And uh, Mac. Yeah, yeah it's cross-platform. And I think it was originally, originally on Mac, I think, to start with. Maybe not. I could be wrong on that. But it just it's just interesting. It was uh, This thing kind of makes its way around... You know, it, it's popular for a while, and then it kind of hides for a while, and then it kind of keeps, it, it kind of comes back. Mike, you're shaking your head now. You recognize what I'm talking about. Well, yeah, because this is a big trend. We just talked about it on Open Mic Night because Apple is integrating this with their iOS phones in the next update. You're going to have night mode, which is the same sort of thing. You know, turning those uh, blues down as you get closer. So you're right. These things come in waves, and you kind of they come back as a trend, and all the companies, I'm sure it'll be standard across the board now for. Uh, that just to be kind of how all the software works. I'm sure we'll see it on Android and, and Windows Phone too. And uh, yeah, it's kind of cool though. I can't wait to try it. I'm going to wait and try it with the phone first because I'm not in front of my computers too often anymore, especially at nighttime. I'm in front of my phone or my television mainly. So 
Yeah. Uh, Drashna seems to think Windows was first, and that's very possible. I don't, I don't know. I I know I'm last. Like, I was probably the last person on the planet to actually use this thing. <laughs> and I'd heard about it, and I'd come out. I remember I'd come out, and I'd look, you know, when the kids would be playing a game, and their their monitor would be this color. And I was like, oh, that's kind of interesting. And I've heard about this for the last couple years of this blue light phenomena keeping us awake and stuff like that. And I guess just all the conditions were right. And there was a link somewhere, maybe in an article I was reading, and I clicked on it, installed it. It just works. It's interesting. So if you haven't tried it yet, if you're a listener to the show, you haven't tried it yet, love your feedback uh, on it. And uh, you can send those to uh, Jim at TheAverageGuy.tv. Um, Mike, anything else before I wrap it? No, that seems to be it. All right, pretty cool. Well, uh, we'll remind you if you have uh, any questions, comments, contributions. I mentioned that. Contact me. Always send me an email, jim at theaverageguy.tv. Uh, find me on Twitter at jcollison. Most of you know that uh, by now. Uh, we'll let you know the theaverageguy.tv platform, both web and media hosting, powered by Maple Grove Partners. Get secure, reliable, high-speed hosting from people you know and trust. Of course, you know we're hosted here, theaverageguy.tv hosted here. Maplegrovepartners.com. Uh, Christian's got some good $10 plans if you're interested in hosting. And even, I'll even cover some podcasting. So I want to thank Roger out there at WLMN Radio. We are live every day of the week, Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. Eastern, out of WLMN Radio Terrestrial, broadcasting across Grafton, West Virginia. So if you want to, again, Grafton, West Virginia, we want to hear from you. Send us an e- send us an email, Jim at TheAverageGuy.tv. I'm beginning to think, Mike, maybe nobody lives in Grafton, West Virginia. <laughs> I know it's very small, uh, but yeah, we're gonna hear from someone soon. I'm sure. I, I want to hear. I want to yeah. hear from him. Uh, just a reminder, you can also listen to Home Gadget Geeks on the new Android and iPhone app. It's hardly new. We've had it about six months now. Both live and recorded versions, all in a single app. Search Home Gadget Geeks in the Play or iTunes, uh, or in the Play Store or in the iTunes app store. It's free. It's super cool. It's the best way to listen to Home Gadget Geeks on the road if you want to listen to us live. Maybe I know Kevin sometimes comes in from the airport. It's a great way to do it. Streaming. I do need to check. I was going to check on my flight the last time if it allowed you to listen to that on some of the planes block streaming now. So I still have to check that out. But we want to thank LastPass for their sponsorship of that mobile app. And uh, check it out, homegadgetgeeks.com. Thanks to everybody using the Amazon uh, Average Guy Tech Scholarship Fund. And we actually got Kyle his um, baby monitor. Lopped, I know you're out there. I need a parts list from you, my man. And we, uh, Kyle, I have a, actually a post on a on a high tech baby monitor, screen, camera, all that stuff coming out here shortly. I think I'll be posting it this weekend. So, when you use the Average Guy Tech Scholarship Fund or the Amazon affiliate link, theaverageguy.tv/amazon, we do things like that. I buy stuff for you. You can test it. You write up. You write it up, or come on the show and talk about it, and then you get to keep it. So that's what we do. There, Kyle. Congratulations, by the way. He's I've seen a few pictures with him on Facebook, and uh, his new baby is doing well. And Lopta, hope, hopefully yours is doing the same. We are live every Thursday, 8 p.m. Central, 9 Eastern, out here at theaverageguy.tv/live. And uh, with that, we'll say good night, everybody. 